Management has to understand that agility and being agile means something completely different. Product table with Elvis Sinis. Hello and welcome. My name is Elvis Sinis, and you are listening to the Product Table, tech podcast that invites people behind software and hardware products. Today uh, we have a very special episode because it's our first episode. Uh, of the podcast, and I have very, very special guest, uh, co-founder and CEO of Partner and Connectilo, expert in agile product development, windsurfer and mountain runner, and of course, my digital friend, Roman Paske. Welcome, Roman. How are you feeling hey, today? So great. Thank you very much. What an introduction. It's like, it feels like starting off with a bang you know <laughs> thank you very much for having me uh super cool super nice um after our digital friendship established here that we are having a common podcast together that's amazing thanks for having me i'm fine i'm sitting here in germany south of germany today it's super hot and um i'm looking forward to talk with you about whatever's coming up today yeah, yeah, nice. Thank you, thank you also for for finding the time. But maybe before we we jump like straight away to some interesting topics about uh, about the topic, what the F word is agile? So um, I would like to say like this: the idea, how how it evolved, and why you are the first uh, guest of the episode. So first of all, um, uh, let's let's go back to the uh, the your very first intro. Of, of the episode, I think it was back in, in November or December, somewhat uh, along these lines, right? When the Christmas was yes, coming. Yes. And uh, I was, what I was, I was thinking like, as, as you know, product, product manager, I was, um, I was searching for some inspirational podcasts. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking, okay, need to, need to find something using hashtag agile. So what <laughs> I did, I, I posted uh, in Instagram hashtag agile and the third line uh, under the post was uh, the podcast agile working models and i was like to myself what is working models like i know what is agile yeah but what is working models and and then uh, i started to follow you and i i saw already the first episode was there and then you know this di digital friendship evolved for us and uh, yeah. you gave inspiration actually to look not only to to the agile itself but how to help product managers, UX people and tech people behind, you know, even upcoming greater projects and products uh, and uh, like take this, um, take take opportunity to listen to the experts. Yeah. So mm. uh, actually you gave me motivation to start and uh, really thank you. Thank you, Roman, for, for that. And oh. uh, uh, not, not for this, hey, come on. It's like, you know, I think we need to grow together like in those times, it's not about hiding information and knowledge. It's rather about um, make them open source, spread them as we, we need to work in networks. We can't stay alone and say like, I'm the best and I know everything. It's rather like, let's share. It's like a share economy. And it's, it's super yeah. cool that you actually found me over Instagram and figured out, hey, I'm doing a podcast here. So um, super nice to, yeah, to get in touch. Fun thing, fun thing behind that. I was I was deleting my Instagram account for let's say for <laughs> Christmas, and I was like, no, oh, okay. It's I think that's this is the social platform where you still finds uh, not only the pictures, yeah, you know, but you no. you find the good content. So at that point, we we started to, to evolve our this uh, digital friendship there, and and also hope to meet you in person. So yeah, definitely soon. Definitely, it's coming up. That's that's on our schedule, right? So. Um... We will, yeah, we will exactly. make it. I introduced also the topic. Uh, topic is uh, maybe for, for those people who are listening to such tech podcast for the first time, they might think, uh, what is Agile at all? And uh, and basically why, why the topic of this podcast is also like this, because uh, when I was uh, developing my thesis in, uh, in uh, basically mm. in the university, my girlfriend asked, what is Agile? 
where it is used and i was like struggling at that point and uh, then i know oh i have a roman who can answer uh better but but before before having this like um overview from your side i will just um, spread the definition i i have two definitions of agile from oxford um, oh, wow. uh dictionary yeah so this this would be now, fun now, and, now then, I'm and then now i'm curious <laughs> yeah exactly so uh the first agile Agile is a word, is able to move your body quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. So this is this is something that came already back in 1900s. Yeah. yeah. But the next the next definition, it's agile management. Uh, agile management is used for describing ways of planning and doing work in which it is understood that making changes as they are needed is an important part of the job. After listening Pretty to this, cool. like I was reading it, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of cool, but uh, for I think for non-tech people, it's just like, okay, yeah. what what's next? So Definitely. maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you can give the for for uh, for uh, basically people who are listening us today. What mm. is your agile definition, and how do you see mm. this, uh, like agile as a word or as a process? So you stop me if I'm talking too long, okay? So just interrupt, please. Um, but yeah, it's, it might be a good definition you read out for people who are working in that field. But if you have no idea about what agile is, it's kind of blurry, right? Um, let's start the other way around. You know, I often hear that agile equals special methods so everybody probably heard already about kanban or scrum those are all frameworks um, within the agile idea of working but i often hear that agile equals scrum or agile equals kanban and that's one thing i just you know like want to stop immediately because agile is way more than just um a method or a methodology you're working in or in framework um i often say you know it's like Agile, as my definition is, um, to be able to adapt on the way, but without losing your vision, your purpose, your goal, where you want to run to out of sight. So that's like my personal definition for being agile and what agile means. And I think um, in today's world, um, stuff is changing so fast. It's like, you know, stuff is completely new even on the next day and we have to learn to re-program um, to re-adapt to re-think um, what we thought about yesterday so we can't plan that easily anymore like looking back in 1900 or so for the automobile industry it was for example super easy to plan i'm just always comparing it to ford ford was just producing one car which was black and it was just you know like planned over the next three years Imagine producing today one car which is black over three years. That wouldn't work anymore. Yeah, and that's because, where because initial mission. In. Yeah, exactly. The initial mission of the people was uh, they want to drive, uh, they want to ride horses faster. But then, like you know, yeah. Ford came in and say, "I want to, I want to ride uh, faster cars," and and that's how it evolved. But but if if we look again, uh, you're you're co- uh, completely right. I think the the very basis where we should look to the process is itself is automotive industry. And mm. Ford was one of the, I think, even like pioneers who, who did that. He he didn't name it, oh, it's Agile methodology. Oh, it's Lean. Oh, it's Scrum. He did it like, it's it's just Ford. It works. Mm. Uh, they started to still do this iterative way of um, of delivering cars to the customer because they saw that there there is um, there is much much need how we can produce faster and mm. with a better quality and and I think later on just like um, uh, people from Japan basically from Toyota they uh, they saw this opportunity and they started to introduce these frameworks which actually. Mm. Uh, was was uh, yeah. the main source of building our existing uh, frameworks and methodologies in, in IT industry. Maybe if we're talking about history, I think one fact is really important and one person to name, that's Mr. Taylor. Um, Taylor introduced um, labor um, 
dividing. So working in departments like we do today comes from Taylor. You know, he spread up production, he spread up, I don't know, finances, sales, marketing, all those departments. And that came up after, you know, Ford started producing as people wanted mass production. And then like Taylor said, okay, we have to separate anyhow. So you're responsible for production, you're responsible for sales. But then nowadays we see um, that production isn't any more production. Looking at a car today, it mainly consists like of computers. You know what I mean? So it, it's like complete different. It's so more complex. It's so more diverse. You have so many influences. Um, and that's why I think we can't work anymore in this separated work, in this tailored, you know, like department ABC. So we have to work in a network. We have to learn from each other and we have adapt on the way. And that's where Agile comes in perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, as you like, um, you are also originally from Germany, as I understood, mm. then then um, you born and raised in Rosenheim, right? Yeah, more or less. I've been yeah. in, in okay. Australia for one year in between, but more or less I grew up here. Exactly. Because because for me, you know, like a person who is from Latvia, where automotive industry is not big factories or something like yeah. this, you know, you have garage and you build some your car, dream car. But but in, in Germany, it's it's Audi, it's BMW, it's yeah. Mercedes. So it's it's a good uh, like, you know, giga factories are there and they yeah. are like evolving yeah. rapidly and looking, looking to all these models, e-trons or, uh, you know, electro cars. It's crazy what the future will will bring to them, and they they found yeah. a way how to, uh, uh, how to you know, from third uh, from I don't know two three days development of the car, they find a way how to do it in just a minutes, yeah. and that's crazy. And the same is for software. We found a way how to work and give the benefit for the customer this iteratively because uh, exactly. if you remember like from historical point of view uh, 1970 came and uh, the waterfall model was introduced yeah, yeah true and every everyone was was using that uh, was thinking wow this, this is super super cool and then you know ken schwaber with uh, jeff sutherland came in in 95 uh, introducing scrum and everyone was wow what is scrum let's use it and and then it it took six years actually to evolve to another level 2001 IGL was born so and imagine we are still using all those frameworks and methods right now it's like you know it's like still very on time even scrum is sold as innovative still like but actually it isn't it's so old already but anyhow we didn't adapt yet in the companies so it's it's quite interesting looking back mm -hmm. yeah but but what do you what do you think like um, let's say now it's 2020 but where do you see Agile itself in five years? Mm. The question is more like, uh, you see that a lot of sub-frameworks uh, sub uh, behi like behind the Agile is developing. So do we see that Agile will be still trendy or there is another pop-up of uh, 30 people discussing in some, 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 I don't know, Latvia, Riga, uh, <laughs> Agile future, and then, then making, making new methodology and framework that everyone will use in the world. Yeah, I think for sure there will come up new buzzwords, to be honest. You know, there are like so many buzzword, Agile, I don't know, Scaled Agile, Scrum, Kanban, Scrumban, uh, Spotify model, Tribes, and so on. Um, but the important thing behind is the mindset, I think, you know, and Agile brings in a complete new mindset, um, which is iterative, which is thinking that we don't know everything up front. So we have to learn, we need to f have feedback loops. And I think that mindset will stay and even develop more. And I see one big thing coming up, like within the next years, from my perspective, is that companies need to understand that we are not working in projects anymore. Rather, we are developing products. And when we look at startups, they're often focused, especially on that, on one product. So as you know, I'm running that Connectilo startup as well, and we're just focusing on one product. And then one product is the thing we are working around. But if I look in big companies, they're thinking in projects. They're thinking in rolling out in project A, B, C. Um, but what is the purpose behind the project? What value are you delivering? And I think that switch from project to product um, will be kind of, you know, the new thing which drops more and more into Agile and to ask yourself, what value are you actually creating for your customer? 
what value are you doing? By rolling out any project, by delivering any project, you're not essentially delivering any value yet. But the question yeah, will be yeah, for, for the... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's where I see, you know, Agile going a bit in, in the future. But uh, you, you already touched this, this part of bringing value. And um, like mm-hmm. my feeling is that the people who are adopting Agile in the companies are still not using this, um, you know, 12 principles for values uh, correctly because they do not understand the, the meaning mm-hmm. behind Agile. You know, it's, it's just the buzzword, as you correctly said. Uh, many yeah. buzzwords are coming, but do we really see the framework in, in, in this company? And um, and this this I think is is the difficult that every department has you know your own framework you name it, but do you really like follow it on daily basis like uh, you you start your day within like you know gratitude of this this framework then you like you know, do the rituals like daily stand ups retros, it, is it like everything is there so mm. this this is another question. Maybe some thoughts on that. I think, you know, what Jeff Sutherland and the boys there sketched is really an ideal world. It's often probably far away from the real world where there are circumstances we can't, um, you know, just blind out. So they are there, like new demands are coming in or whatever it is. But however, what I often see is that management, and especially in bigger companies, management says, hey, we need agile. It's a new buzzword. We need to introduce it. Let's use Scrum. And then it's kind of a top-down approach where management says, hey, it's cool. It's hip. You know, it's a new hype. Let's introduce it and let's use it. And what comes up from there, sure, we're just introducing a methodology, which actually maybe doesn't even not fit at all to the team. And then the team is just working agile. But at the end, what is coming out often is that it's kind of a waterfall agile. So the management still mm-hmm. says where it goes. And the team then, you know, has to produce in sprints or whatever you want to call it, um, fast enough the product. And that's where you probably know that term already, feature factory, what I often say. Yeah. Like when, yeah, that's, when, that's great. <laughs> when te- teams are stuck in that, like, you know, they're coming in demands, management says, you're allowed to work agile and produce your feature, but that's it. End of story. And I think to be like, you know, true business agility starts completely where anywhere different. We always say the fish rots down from the head. And I think management has to understand that agility and being agile means something completely different. It means something like with giving um, empowerment and letting people take ownership for topics and all that stuff. So there's a lot of cultural change underneath, from my perspective, uh, that companies are not there yet, unfortunately. And that's why Agile is often so misused. Wow, that's that's I think you just name it, named all the all the problems that actually, you know, top top businesses should just like look at, you know, starting from it's it's yeah, it starts from management because sometimes, you know, uh, your buzzword, not buzzword, but really cool word is this feature factory. And actually, I think people are working with the products do not do not think that they are actually producing features. They are not bringing values because yeah. our maybe at some point analytical power is lacking or we do not track because like for us at some point it's okay we have a deadline first of august or first of september let's deliver it no matter what while you will will be in the end okay we will track but it's you know post factum fact but uh, based on this like uh, like all these problems how do you keep uh, as, as an agile coach and uh, agile expert that help helps a lot of companies what is your way? How do you come uh, come to, to businesses and, and sell this agile? Because for them, mm. it's also some some buzzword, but uh, for you, it's you really want to help that company. So where do you start? What do you look? Uh, maybe you can introduce. That's maybe some some per- people. Perfectly, yeah. that's perfectly fitting. As I just got a call like two minutes before we had our podcast um, to meet up a new company tomorrow um, to exactly dive into that part, and actually. Um, yeah, there's there's kind of a process behind how we do that here. So um, I'm, you know, working as the agile coach, but I have quite a huge network and we're often working together in, in our company there. Um, so we often start or we actually always start with a so-called setup workshop. So we go in there and say like, hey, guys, we don't know the solution for you. We don't know the problems. 
And we believe, dear customer, you don't know the problems either yet. Um, and that's that's often quite funny thing um, because they're like, yeah, no, no, we know exactly where our problems are and that's the point. And we need, and that's often or like in 90% the case, we need Jira. We need the new software. We need this and then we can introduce Agile. And then I'm coming up and say like, guys, sorry, Jira won't solve your problems at all. It would bring even more problems, believe me. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and the and the the fun, the fun part actually is about that. Like businesses are thinking that they know what is the like end yeah. customer and what what customer wants, but but they are like sometimes looking from their perspective. What do I really want? Yeah, exactly. They are not not going to the shoes of customer because for for some companies, for some it's present. There is this lack of user interviews. Maybe there is no dedicated budget, or sometimes people are looking to different customer groups at all. So. This is, I think, or what they you often saw already. Have, they often have like key users or those proxy users in between that know the customer kind of, but they don't know. Yeah, and after that setup workshop where we try to, you know, like really figure out what problems are, um, we build up really like we work with our customers really iterative and agile manner. So we build up a product backlog in general, and then we break it down um, and say like, okay, for the next sprint with you, dear customer, what topics are important? What should be the outcome you want to achieve? And then we pick some topics from the product backlog. And then we start a sprint, which is four weeks uh, in our case with the customer. And within the four weeks, we work really close together with the customer. So we sit also at the customer spot. We build up kind of a room where everything is hanging, task board and so on. And then the process starts, review, retrospective, and we're learning from each other. And that's how we really jump into it. And that that shows also the customer, like, you know, that's like learning by doing anyhow, because the customer sees how Agile can work as we work in that manner with him. And that helps often the customers. But it's it's really important to be honest to the customers. That's what we learned. Uh, being honest in the case of um, if you're like really resistant to change, if you're like really completely don't want to change, um, we, are, we we already told to customers, sorry, it won't work yet. You need two more years of increasing the pain because the pain is not big enough at your side yet. And, you know, it's like, it's pretty important to be honest and to figure out where the real problems are. Like just, you probably know that mythology, just ask five times why. And um, if the customer tells you that's the problem, then you ask why. And then next time again, why and why? And at the fifth times, you're really mm -hmm. at the core. That's what we often experience. But maybe for for like um, I, I believe like at some point um, the new new product managers or UX designers or you know developers will listen to this podcast and and uh, and I think that this is the correct way that you you mentioned five whys. I think for like no one is telling you that you should ask why in the beginning, but like you are thinking that oh why they are asking whys you know it's 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 so maybe stupid at some point that you are mm -hmm. like asking again and again the same questions to the person or to the customer if you believe that is your customer uh, but they usually ask one why so i think this mm -hmm. is the problem that maybe we we should uh look through different pr uh, pyramids that yep. five whys is definitely that when we get some information from the from the person that we are actually asking for potential yeah, we are solution. often we are too often just on the surface level. That's that's a problem, and we need mm -hmm. to dig deeper. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely because sometimes you also when you are as a product manager, I think uh, the wise also help to understand the development effort. And if yeah. you see that this this feature, which is let's say you you are asking about the feature as itself, let's say develop green button, but why do we need green button? Oh, the one customer said that. Okay, yep. but let's let's dig deeper. Why that that does this customer said green? Because he was on uh, with the, with the certain angle, certain you know colors day and night, and and it starts evolve, and then you understand. Exactly. Yeah, but 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 then maybe we should change something differently. We should like enable our our screen light to to show some unicorns in the front end. Just you know, <laughs> you know, at, <laughs> that's, the, at that's the end. At the end, it's about solving problems of the user or customer. And exactly. I think that's what companies didn't understand often yet, unfortunately. We, we are building products, throw them on the market, and 
hope that people will buy them. People buy them. That's the problem. But look at big products. I don't want to name big software suits, but I think everybody knows uh, what I'm talking about. How many percentage is used of products like that? You know, it's like, and how happy are the people often not happy because you're just so far away as a user and you haven't been asked to really solve a problem for you as a user. And it's really, it's about problem to solve the, the solving the problem for the user. And then you're creating impact for your user and for your business. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you, you just remind me one case when um, we were actually uh, actually watching some some apps like and you know my my girl girlfriend involved involved in this U UX UI topics and agile and uh, then she she compared like um, one 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 podcast platform with uh, with a Spotify and she said mm -hmm. that this this another podcast platform. It's not user friendly, but even though it's like very trendy one, and I said, okay, I started to ask why, and then I understood that the the nav bar of search is actually like giving you the not uh, available results, but mm -hmm. your library results. So you are searching for songs which Only, is, okay. is, are not in your library, yeah. And that for 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 her it was a big problem, and and she basically relocated to the to another software, and I think. Uh, this is the 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 meaning that, but we do not tell this to to yeah. to our you know fa uh, factories or product product developers because mm -hmm. we we think that oh they already know that you know and this is the problem maybe that as a user I do not give a proper feedback yeah yeah exactly and 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 that's just one big problem I see because we often separate the developers from the users. You know, and that's they, they don't talk to the users because they are just there for developing the feature, um, just, you know, to be provocative in that point. But from my perspective, it's so relevant and so important to have dedicated product teams that are close to the customer, to the user and talk to them to build what they need. That's pretty simple to implement, actually, but so hard to understand for companies. Mm -hmm. So uh, your your suggestion would be that um, uh, product manager or designer should always include uh, uh, developer development team developers programmers or you know data yeah. scientists yeah. going to the with the uh, speak with the customer. Definitely, we we introduced in our team the, the role cold owner. So that's kind of you could you know like say the lead architect or the technical lead within the team and that person always comes with us to customer appointments and that person then talks to the user and that person has way better feeling for the topics and that's that's so critical as you are not that deep into the tech you know as a product manager or product owner and such a person sees stuff completely different and understands it also way mm -hmm. different and that's that's just a huge benefit yeah so again the the tip i think to to all who are listening and who haven't yet involved uh, developers uh, in conversation with the uh, customer groups i think it's it's the right time to start doing because uh, another part when let's say i i heard one joke when um, when product manager came to the grooming session and the develop development team asked okay we do not have a tickets and product manager said okay now please go to your product, let's say product web page or mobile app, and have uh, just navigate yourself for one or two hours there, and then the backlog of twenty plus tickets, which are stories and bugs, were were collected because what product manager said is that actually you you on the on the daily basis you are also users of this yeah. this particular application. So now. I have a time. Actually, you are also my users. So I think this this is also important to to at this point involve development team as much because they also have the you know vision and uh, they are customers exactly. still. We are exactly. all customers and we yeah. are producing product. Yeah. Okay, but uh, but but still like uh, back back into the um, your uh, your way of working as you described. So how do you keep people interested in in the this word agile? How, how do you promote that this is the best that your company will get? Um, I wouldn't say I'm promoting that it's the best because that would mean like that I know the solution for the company. And I don't want to say that I know everywhere the solution because that's just not right. 
Um, I would rather say there are a lot of companies and um, also a lot of, you know, maybe projects and um, departments where even waterfall perfectly makes sense still because it's so clear and everything is so good planable that you can just introduce waterfall and you're running way better with that than with agile or whatever like methodology behind. Um, however, how do I keep people interested in that part is that really showing up the benefits and benefits are coming up only by experiencing them. That's my personal belief. And what we often do is that we just start. And that's also, I think, one principle behind Agile to not overthink stuff. Um, something is better than nothing, I always say. You know, if you have something, just start with it. Um, it's better than planning and planning and planning and not getting out anything afterwards. And so we often start with really a minimal, minimal framework. If we say like, let's start just with a retrospective and with a planning session up front. And that's it, you know? And then we start having a sprint or a time frame, whatever you want to call it, and come back together and learn from that and then start improving. And actually people experience that there's so much benefit behind it and so much outcome that they are really interested in the topic still. And it's just from my perspective, it's always important to experience by themselves. And that's why and that's how actually I keep them keep them interested in the topic of agile. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, maybe yeah, thank you for this. I think uh, this also like gives not also like let's say for all agile coach or or uh, like uh, interests, but also like for product product managers because you you still you should um, you should make this environment and you should like show the benefits of your product yeah. also to internal stakeholders. Let's not forget about internal stakeholders because in the end they actually are giving you opportunity to develop uh, the product that that will go to the customer. Yeah, you know all the financing, all the let's say even laptops or or just fruits yeah. in the in the refrigerator. And uh, but maybe you can also name if if it's allowed, of course, uh, uh, some some of your clients that you have been like mm. recently working in Germany or in other parts of of the world. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working for small and medium sized companies as well as big concerns. So, for example, one customer of me is Schindler. Um, you probably know those elevators. You heard about them, and um, yeah, there are a lot of challenges. I work with them now over over one and a half years already, I think. And it's just, it's a delight. It makes so much fun. You know, it's like you're improving and improving. Um, and I think it's important for everybody out there to understand that change is not done overnight, you know. Um, also at those companies where I am, it's not like Roman is coming in and change is done within three weeks and everything is fine. It's like, no way. I'm, I'm not the, you know, holy saint agile who is um, <laughs> solving your problems. I can't, I really can't. But I think the advantage I can bring in is like that, you know, I see a lot of companies, I have experience hands-on, and then we find out together. And that's that's how it works. And take your time. And I actually, over the years, I learned um, that a real change, like from transforming from completely waterfall mindset towards agile is at least three years uh, for a company, at least three years to, to be in that. And that's just one feeling and one average. Also not, you know, like, proven scientifically but just based on my experience i have that feeling that's that's the time frame you have to give yourself and your company um to to really understand but then then it means like uh by by your feeling like saying that three years it's it's take you know from one methodology to other but <clears throat> sometimes what what uh, i also saw in in even like let's say small and medium enterprises or even startups they are like trying to you know you're not building habit you try everything that is this buzz buzzwordy yeah but you are not trying to have it like a little bit longer lifespan let's say one year let's test agile one one year yeah. and see where yeah. where did we went and actually this is uh this is the good point um also how do we set up those uh, okrs also internally mm -hmm. because it's also the part of the mindset uh i would say like in agile way but uh yeah and, yeah, uh, I, I think you mentioned the point, you know, we're talking here about change projects and change consists of unfreezing something and then changing. So I often compare it with an ice cube. You have a frozen ice cube and then you warm it up and then it's getting liquid. And as a liquid, you reform it. And after an ice cube, you probably reform into, I don't know, an ice tree or whatever it is. 
but you have to refreeze again. And that's what people or companies often don't do. They always stay in that liquid change and they always change and change and change and change. As you said, they're trying Agile for three months, then they're trying, I don't know, Kanban, Scrum, whatever, XP programming, but they never freeze it again and say like, okay, we will test it for one year or one and a half. And that impact, you just need a certain time frame to have an impact. And that's important when you change, I think, Yes, you need to unfreeze to make it a bit liquid and to figure out new, but you have to refreeze it also again to say like, okay, that's the status quo now. Let's stick with it, learn with it, and maybe later change again. But often companies just change their employees really to death because it's just constant change. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just like, you know, we are, we are also been, been living this 21st century and, and we are waiting for this, you know, immediate effect that let's yeah. say I developed the feature, uh, let, let's call it feature. Yeah. And uh, the team yeah. has developed the feature and, and already thinks that this will change since day one. Like the, 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 the plans of the user, the, you know, willing to, to go to the app, but, but they, they just, look the lifespan of the this feature yeah. should be like taking into longer run and then you sh should start to analyze it so it it doesn't happen overnight i guess no that's also a personal thing i think we have to relearn a bit of patience as well it's like you know mm -hmm. we we all are just super fast everything is changing and we expecting feedback best case yesterday and with a bit of mm -hmm. patience and a bit of you know stability stuff is also getting easier it's like not that hustling it's like not running behind things it's not always um fire um burning around you so that's one recommendation yeah that's that's definitely word but but we were speaking also like now about um like this immediate effect and i, I was i was just thinking but there is minimum viable products that we ship usually to the customer mm -hmm. and they like we we expect also from minimum viable product mvp that, that we get this uh feedback quickly but sometimes you know it's it's again the longer process so can you yeah. can you like maybe how how uh how you experiment with uh with the companies and if they have product backlog, how do you ship this minimum viable product? And what, let's say, lifespan do you do you look at, at the customers mm -hmm. or what is the process maybe you can share? So maybe one thing we learned is that from our perspective, two-week sprints are way too short. Um, that's why we tested with sprint length of two, three, four, five, and even six weeks. And um, six weeks have been a bit too long for us. And that's why we stick with four. Um, I know a lot of companies, though, for example, Basecamp, you probably heard about that. Basecamp is a really famous tool for working like MS Teams and so on. They have a cycle of six weeks and um, four weeks give you kind of flexibility to, you know, just develop enough, but don't be too, too, too long. And then after those four weeks, we have that gap week. So we take a week of breathing and we say like, okay, we developed a lot. It's quite intense. Um, and in that gap, we, we also do our retros planning for the next one. And we have feedback with the customer and that, that works pretty good. So we, we anyhow end up in an, if you want to call it like big release cycle of really new big releases, we always release at the end of four weeks, but only like minor things. But if you want to release a complete new version, for example, like stepping from 2.1.1 to 3.1.0 or whatever, um, you're ending up in a release cycle from our perspective in three sprints. So that would be four weeks plus those gap weeks in between. It's like 15 weeks. And that often fits quite good because it's like one quarter. And then you're in a quite nice rhythm. And that's actually how we do it in our company. And that's how we also um, yeah, do it together with companies we're teaching. And that, that works pretty good. That works pretty good. Um, it's, it's fast, but it's not too fast. And you have also enough time to learn in between. Hmm. That's that's well said, and I was I was also thinking about this Basecamp example because I think they they um, the growth was like as a, for startups it was even more yeah. exponential. Like you know it was rocketing, but uh, and uh, you can check in in the website they even updating the customer base. I think like uh, day exactly. on daily basis, but but uh, this to be said like the six week uh, and uh, all the you know this gap week behind. I think they found a way how to speak with the real users. 
they found yeah. and this this why it it, uh, it basically skyrocketed so i i really hope that uh, like people startups who are listening to this definitely book a meeting with basecamp just speak to that people and uh let's let's bring the mindset I, I really i have literally yeah. the best support i ever experienced they have a real Whoa. time real time tracking like on the website you go there and there it's like written uh, you get su support feedback within the next 6.3 minutes and you get feedback within those 6.3 minutes. It's like adopting. I never waited longer than 10 minutes for feedback in the support, which is just incredible. Looking behind, there's only a team of 55 people or so, which is, it's, it's quite yeah, impressive. And, and, and you should mention, and you should mention also that they are uh, locating in different time zones. This is exactly. the most important uh, thing. In which I, I, time? Uh, I think in five or in even six. Or... Yeah, and I think they just meet up physically twice per year or so, and the rest is done remote. So they, they kind of got the skills behind, and it's pretty cool. And they have a quite good um, white paper published regarding their way of working, so their agile working model, which is really interesting. Yeah, I've, I've been talking a lot now, right? <laughs> Sorry for that. No, no. Uh, I think I think like... this, uh, this base camp example is uh, something that we really like... Uh, we should just look on on the way how in mm. startup ecosystem let's let's call Basecamp as a startup uh, they evolved and and the customers are happy yeah you you are using on the daily basis I am using for some other projects like uh, also Basecamp so it's 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 kind of cool cool tool also yeah, to use cool. and and the, yeah. the support also support is important you know support uh, chat uh, how fast they respond it's yeah. it's not only the application but it's also this post factum. Uh, moment when you when you do not know what to do next you know we we are building up our startup as well connectilo and i i just want to share one big learning it's like building a product is is, is pretty simple to build a product but building the company for the product is so hard there's so much you have to think about there's so much around it's like you know legal topics support financial topic it's like it's so much around and i think that's that's also a new way of agile. If you start building your product, you also have to think about other things around because your product is not only your product anymore. It's your service, it's your support, it's the customer experience, it's way more. And that's just things you don't know. You're just working with hypotheses and you have to prove them on the market. So yeah, if some of of course if some investors are listening, this uh, Connectilo <laughs> Connectilo is always uh, happy to to meet you in person. So you can you can you can use this this mic to have a short pitch uh, session, thirty seconds. What is Connectilo? Let's 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 have a thirty seconds. Connectilo of your pitch. is a rest, Con Connectilo is a restful API for OPCOA and enables every developer to use OPCOA. Short. But it's pretty nerdy. It's like, you know, you have to be really in the topic. It's super down um, into IT and software development. So, um, but yeah, um, I love software. And I think, you know, you have to have a vision behind. You have to have a drive uh, to, to develop a product. And I'm just standing behind that and I'm bringing in the vision. And then I'm really lucky to have a great team. It's just, you know, that's, that's also a huge impact. But I'm drifting away a bit. Sorry for that. I just wanted to share no, that experience. That's 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 very great. That's that's worth of sharing because you know um, what 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 uh, is interesting about you that you have been all all uh, also uh, developing not only this uh, you know software products which are like tangible you can like go to mobile apps or to websites but you have been working uh, for real hardware projects that like Connectilo yeah. is one of the example actually so uh, it's it's very interesting how this agile mindset also correlates and uh, are are like used in this hardware product uh, product build it up so that's that's quite interesting but nevertheless there is uh, of course uh, you know we, we we talk about a lot of uh, benefits what agile gives but yeah. let's look to some some maybe pitfalls and i will just start to saying some some magical numbers that i researched uh, through my um, my thesis and it was about like finance sector um, in in, uh, in latvia and like uh, Basically, a lot of finance companies, also startups, have evolved there. And um, to doing my correlation analysis, I understood that like seventy four uh, percent of projects are actually delivered um, outside of the budget, 
and outside of the uh, like exact time stated per initial setup. So meaning that the budget is uh, like already overrun and uh, and the time spent is much more. So here is the here is the trick. Uh, I asked, I saw why are these things, and one of the main uh, reason was actually uh, too much uh, meetings in place. So do you believe that like and 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 we go back let's say to to the principles of agile they they, they kind of promote meetings but maybe we are not meeting each other correctly because i stayed for example for for one rule that i think maybe i learned from you or from from other source when when developing the work that you should try to bring developers developer time like 20 percent of developer time during the let's say your uh, sprint you should dedicate them to the meetings. 80% is like work for them. So maybe this is the, the thing that many, mm. many are not following. But what's your opinion and what's your feelings on this? Uh, if we look especially at that meeting part, I think um, it, it's really often what I see that we have so many meetings that people don't work anymore because they just have no time to develop, to deliver value or whatever. So especially the bigger the company gets, the more water had we have of meetings. And um I think one point you mentioned before is maybe we are not meeting right. I would agree there. I think um, we don't meet right often. Um, I don't want to say like everybody's not meeting right, but I just experience like minor things. There's not set an agenda. There's not set a moderator for the meeting. There's no clear time frame. There's not set a clear goal or outcome of the meeting. And then it's just like meeting for a coffee. You know, it's like, nice. We sit together, we talk, but waste of time and um here's coming in lean for me you know lean as a methodology which is also kind of under agile just has that seven principles of wasting and one waste is for example waste of time and and that's so critical time is just life resource for me it's like it's the most meaningful thing you can get to spend it with you with your family whatever and if you waste time from my perspective for example i'm i'm getting pretty aggressive and nasty on that part. If I'm invited to meetings without agenda agenda and stuff, I'm just like, sorry guys, I won't join before if I don't know anything what's coming up in there because then it's just, you know, waste. So that that's one part. And then I think another thing is that product owners are not doing their jobs often great. Um, sorry for being so open um, because the job is to plan up front. And as you said, um, I think everything which is coming in a sprint and which takes capacity from people, whatever it is, developing feature A, have meeting number B and have customer appointment number C has to come on a product backlog and has to come into the sprint, you know? And that's just, you know, often like I see in a product backlog, there are just development topics. And on that topics, meetings are coming on top. So you're planning your 100% and on top, they're coming 30, 40% of meetings. And that makes it so hard for the teams. And that's why teams are just burning out. So one recommendation from my side to the product owners. First, do not plan 100% of your capacity. Go for 80%. Go for 80% because there's always coming something which you didn't plan. Always. And second, just include the meetings as a blocker. of You said it, Elvis, before, like 20% feels good for me. And third, be clear on the meetings and don't make them too long. Meetings which are longer than two hours, and two hours is often so long. We don't have meetings which are longer than one and a half hours. Our planning meeting is the longest with one and a half hours. That's that's plenty of time. Rather split them and do second one. And just just a quick note, I think like during even Please. like those um, like like one hour meeting we we sometimes when we do not know agenda yet uh, we take impulsive decisions which in the end are again revised and and you know silos appear so this this is the exactly. whole chain of the problems so so uh then let's let's have a better meetings i guess then for yeah. and people should should some someone should uh, should write i think an article or a survey about how how the meetings are are going but uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for this topic, and uh, definitely there, there, uh, this, this, these problems. I hope in uh, in some five years' time, even let's say, ten years, twenty years, will be resolved, and we will have proper agendas and, and meeting time. 
Definitely. But yeah, like uh, last uh, last question, uh, last question uh, and topic to you is um, we've been talking about you know products and hardware and software, but what uh, products on on daily basis like because like our podcast also states that um, it's about the people that uh, solve some problems. So let's say what are your three top apps that you're using on daily basis that solves somewhat like your daily challenges or or resolve some mm-hmm. some some other things in your work or life. Um being honest, one is definitely my calendar. Like I just use the Apple iCal calendar and that's just like that's my daily basis. I just go in there, see my overview and it's like I have quite good planning written behind so you know I'm, I'm i'm planning like my week on sunday and just have one week up front and then everything behind is just like pretty blurry for me because it's anyways changing and then i'm jumping into daily basis and just checking my calendar so calendar is definitely my number one which helps me like to to filter out and then going uh, into tasks um i use basecamp and we use gyra for development so i would say basecamp and gyra and um yeah as i developed a bit i linked them together and i have like one big page where i just see like which is coming up on tuesday monday thursday so that's like my condensed schedule of topics i have to do so that's like you know my three tools i'm using um which just boost my productivity definitely Nice and and uh, the third was like Jira and Basecamp combined. Yeah, yeah. I I would say those it. those those three. Yeah, do you have three ones as well, or what are yours? Uh, mine's actually yeah the same calendar. I use uh, use actually Google Calendar, but I'm not mm-hmm. planning the week week ahead. Sometimes I try to to still take a notes and plan two days. Uh, then I definitely use um, uh, Dribble just to get uh, mm-hmm. or Behance to get this, you know, inspirational mood. And because creativity is is very important for as a product managers to to see how how other tools have been developed. And uh, I think the like the latest one that I have been using is uh, you know it's it's Asia meaning like it's Latvian startup uh, mm-hmm. that uh, that gives this meaningful. Uh, like it tracks your basically how do you speak with people and gives you some suggestions what what was your listening rate what was your you know uh, speed of of, uh, of voice and so because it, it uh, in the end you analyze yourself being in the meetings and you know it's it's very important to listen also to people not just like you know you have two ears and one mouth you should like listen twice yeah and, definitely and, speak, and maybe maybe one last app yeah. I'm having that recommendation. It's not an app, but I have two phones. And I started doing that actually uh, within December. And for me, that's my productivity booster number one. It's just like one phone is just private and the other one is just work. And I learned to switch it off in the evenings. And that helps me so much to get out of that work mode. And that just increases productivity because you can switch a bit away from your head just as, as one point from me. But yeah, we are pretty much Amazing. at the end of the time, yeah. I guess. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe the, the, the final things so What from my side. Thank you, Roman, for having a time, uh, perfect uh, perfect time for, for podcast. I think a lot of interesting stuff uh, about Agile and oh, about yeah. the future of Agile pop, uh, popped up here. And uh, I'm looking also forward to, to meet you, uh, let's say, in the person and uh, having a lot of new podcast coming up from agile working model podcast for, by roman paske so uh, <laughs> thank you roman for for visiting me and uh, and see you next time thank you thank you so much product table with elvis Denise.